This program contains adult content. What is Eric God? A big atheist. Really? What am I, an idiot? Come on. But yes, it would be nice if you could throw your sins and your responsibilities on someone else. But it's not true. It looks like far left lunacy. I don't believe that it's true that religion is moral or ethical. You don't need to follow anybody. It's not human intelligence. If someone doesn't value logical consistency, what logical argument are you going to give them that will demonstrate that they should? Welcome to the Godless Revolution. This is episode 160. Mm-hmm. Th- that sounds like you're not 100% sure. I wasn't until I thought about it more while I was saying it. And the fact that you already have it up on the board. And I've already typed it out there, <laughs> yes. I should, I, could, I should and could have looked at that. But yes, that's what it is. Episode 160. 160. Today is Thursday, June 8th. And this will be... We're not going to do a show next week. No. Because... I will be in Anaheim for a graduation ceremony for my brother-in-law who's graduating UC Irvine. So we're going out there for a family gathering to celebrate that and trying to get all educated and shit. Yeah. Yeah, he's a smart dude. Uh, he and his girlfriend came out and stayed with us. I think I mentioned during the you, last show. Either during the last show or I know you told me and Grant we were talking about it after the show. Yeah. Yeah, he they're a lot of fun, um, but he's graduating and then moving to Austin, and nice. so yeah, we're going out there and it should be fun. But I will be gone during the time that we regular regularly record, and for most of the week, so there's not really much of an opportunity for us to get together and record an episode that we could put out whenever. So we're just going to skip a week. You guys will have to go without us. I thought about putting. I don't know. Maybe I could do uh, one of our previous shows, putting out a uh, a show where we were where previously released thing where we were more hopeful in time before the Cheeto took office. <laughs> Back in the good old days of the Barack Obama administration, uh-huh. maybe I don't know. Maybe I will. Maybe I won't. Either way, you'll either have an older show or just no show. So, thanks for listening. Yay! Don't be disappointed. <laughs> We we do have some listener feedback to go through that we've had on the back burner for a while now uh, that we just keep running out of time before we can get to. But wait. Okay. Uh-oh. I have a quick thing that I have to do first. And Matt's back in the studio Yay! with us today. Yay! Oh, also, I should say, you guys were making fun of it when I was at Wonder Woman. Yes, yeah. I was there. Yes. <laughs> um. We know you love them. I you, thought that was a fantastic fucking I movie. I did too. When I, so when I left the theater, I, I since then I'd been saying something you said on the show before, I think before you saw it. Yeah. Maybe after you saw it, I don't know. But you said that DC finally has that blockbuster and I was that's what I've been saying. Yeah, I think they finally do. It's yeah. It has everything that people who like superhero movies ha- like. It has all of that. Yeah. Did it have stuff in it that Matt liked? That's um, the question. It was a good movie. It's a B. It's a okay. B movie. Okay, we B- can- B area movie, B type. For somebody who does not really yeah. tend to like those types of movies. Top I think three that... superhero movies I've seen. Yeah. What are the other two? Deadpool and Guardians. Okay. Have you seen Guardians 2? No. Oh, I did. I might like, I think I like Guardians 2 more than the first one. Hmm. I, uh, is it because of Baby Groot? No. 
No, no, it just. I thought uh, Baby Groot was fucking hilarious, and I wanted to take him home with me. <laughs> he was very cute, and I was worried he was going to be like this cliche thing, like fucking Scrappy Doo or some bullshit like that. No. But no, it, it it was good. He was his <laughs> own Scrappy Doo. Nice. <laughs> He's just his own character. Yeah, yeah, he was good. Um, I thought Wonder Woman was fucking awesome, though. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it was good. I really dug it. I would like to go see it again. It was really, really good. No, I don't. I don't want to go that far. <laughs> and since I would, I, I, I absolutely loved it. It, man. it was like, refreshing to see a female lead. Yeah, and she was and she so was awesome. Good. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah, she was really good in it. You and, know what? I didn't realize until this week is that, uh, her the the woman who played Princess, Princess uh, uh, Pe- no, uh, uh, what's her name? Princess Peanut. Uh, not Peanut. It was. Uh, <laughs> Penelope? Penelope? Was it Penelope? Penelope? I don't know. It was. Yeah, I, I, maybe you're not going the same direction I was what going. What the hell are you talking about? I was going to say the the woman who played her uh, aunt, I believe. Yeah. And who trained her as the warrior, Claire Underwood, is also, yeah, the princess from The Princess Bride. Princess Bride, I yeah. Did, oh, yeah. Like, Robin like, Wright. Yeah, I knew Robin uh-huh. Wright was the one who was in the Wonder Woman movie and was in, and is also Claire Underwood in. Is it Princess uh, Buttercup? House of Cards. Prince, yeah, Buttercup. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But I did not know until this last week that she's also Princess Buttercup. Yeah, like yeah, wow. She's had a she's had a very long career of yeah of pretty cool roles. Where was I going? What was uh, feedback? Feedback. No, I have something real oh. quick. Okay, and it's in anticipation because I thought something like this was going to happen. Uh-oh. So allow me a moment here. It's just real quick. Okay. Is this, is this a Matt rant? First, I want to. <laughs> I just want to thank Grant for filling in for me. Yes, thank you very um, much. Yeah. He did a good job, and I enjoyed all the episodes that I missed. Um, but more pressing matters. Uh, you know what they say: when the mats away, the mice will play. <laughs> and uh, <laughs> I need—I might need to catch everyone up a little bit. But the Two Skeptical Chaps podcast. Hey, watch what you say here. Which nobody should listen to. Watch what? Oh, <laughs> here we go. All right. Definitely do not listen to the Two Skeptical Chaps okay. podcast. Easily available on your favorite podcast provider. And don't visit their Facebook page to share stories or give them any iTunes reviews. Um, <laughs> but those guys have set up an agency, which I'm sure most of you are aware, uh, where they assign number and rank to each member comprised of guests they've had or people who send them stories to cover. And all three of us have appeared on their semi-annual program. <laughs> <laughs> but only the brownest of noses among us has hey, are, achieved a special rank within that. Are, are, are you system. sure you want to keep going with this line of talk? <laughs> he he does hey, hold your just, fate in his hands. Easy there, General Flynn. You'll have plenty of time <laughs> to speak at your treason hearing. <laughs> British espionage is alive and well, <laughs> and we have a bit of a tail wagging the dog situation. I need to take care of. At least thirty-three percent of our t- our show has been compromised. At least. Mm-hmm. Uh, they've recently added to the powers of a concerningly eager Ryan, who now apparently has the ability to promote <laughs> and demote Dan and I each episode. A concerningly eager Ryan. <laughs> and has also referred to the chaps as his boss in an episode recently. Oh. The Redcoats are coming again. But this divide-and-conquer approach has to end here. I'm officially throwing the podcast tea into Boston Harbor. <laughs> We need to start a counterintelligence operation. So I'll be going from attendant 0012 to double agent 0012. Oh. Agent demoted. (laughs) And the details of this operation will be ironed out shortly. (laughs) Wait, 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 didn't you hear that again? That's awesome. 
Agent demoted. <laughs> that, that's for you, Matt. Was he demoted twice, or you just wanted to make it? I just wanted to make double clear that you uh, you are you have been demoted. So what is his new rank? Well, since I'm a double uh, agent of my, of uh, our counter intelligence operation, I I don't and I'm no longer under your under your uh, your reign. So, well, oh, so you're admitting you're... to be uh, so you were an attendant level three. Uh, so that means you're going on to level two. Let me bring up the ranking system. Now, how do those me? levels work? Are they in reverse order? Attendant level three is closer to one. Well, he's a level three attendant. The best, or one's the worst. Okay. Uh, so you are, I guess, back down to junior attendant. <laughs> yeah, that's uh, you're you're back down to junior. Well, I lose I, a lot of sleep over that one now, aren't you? Yeah. Should have thought that through a little more, little more better. They may they may end up having to dismiss me altogether. Well, you don't get to choose. Yes, I do, because I'm not going to live under this bullshit rule like (laughs) this. Nobody's my fucking boss. This tyrannical rule. If we all made up our own rules, this world would be shit. You got to live by them. Well, most people do, fortunately. Whatever that means. (laughs) Are you becoming a libertarian now? (laughs) No. (laughs) Good. Good, good. You are now junior libertarian attendant. He'll be attending to all of the libertarians. <laughs> Jesus. <laughs> oh, so and I'm just I'm, I you. Oh well. Why the fuck are you asking him about it? Don't give him the power, <laughs> Jesus. Good point. God, Never you're mind. playing right into well, this. <laughs> That's why I said at least thirty three percent has been compromised. I don't know how much more. I was listening to those episodes like trying not to break my phone. (laughs) Jesus, what are you guys doing when I'm gone? It's a British agency! Well, (laughs) we brought them here! Dan was a senior agent. You, hey, you opened the door, That's man. True. I did, yeah, I, uh, I did, yeah. And I did recommend you for promotion last week, so that means you'd be a junior field agent now. Oh, okay. Yay, I'm out (laughs) in the field. I'm not going to repeat anything Bill Maher has to say about that kind of stuff. <laughs> <laughs> oh, okay. Well, <laughs> that was fun. Yeah. Well, <laughs> good so to have yeah, you back. So yeah, I'm back. <laughs> oh, uh, we have we got a lot of feedback on the Jehovah's Witness episode. We're still getting feedback on the Jehovah's yeah. Witness episode. So, I'm guessing we're going to have to do. Another episode on Jehovah's Witness stuff. Have have other people on. At least one other one. Sometime here in the near future. Um, but we did get messages from several of our listeners. Several of our mm. listeners. Sorry, I'm still. I'm still. Thank you he's, he's all. Still on drugs. Yeah, thank you all very much <laughs> for reaching out and checking on my health, asking how I'm doing. Thank you very much to a particular listener, uh, Mr. Alexander Scholl. Who who sent along, who enlisted the help of a couple friends to send along a care package of chocolates and uh, whiskey to me. <laughs> that was that was really really nice. Thank you very much for that. Um, I am feeling much better. Still a little bit groggy. I, I be, and I'm groggy, not so much because I'm sick, but because I still have this lingering cough that just is hanging on for whatever reason. And was I feel pretty good other than that. But last night I had a coughing fit in the middle of the night, so about 3 o'clock I finally got out of bed because I could tell, you know, it was one of those just really tickly... It's not going to stop. ...scratchy coughs that I couldn't fucking stop. Like, you start to doze off and you're woken up because Mm -hmm. you're coughing. And I could tell that I was starting to wake Tracy up. She's usually a pretty heavy sleeper, so 
I got out of bed, came down into the kitchen, and because I was still half asleep and it was dark and I'm a little groggy, I decided to take some cough medicine so that hopefully I could just go back to bed. And rather than measure it out because it was dark and I was not really thinking all that well, I thought, I can just gauge this pretty well. I'll just take a little belt off, straight off the bottle. Mm. Apparently, I took uh, a little bit more than the recommended dosage and was out. Uh, typically, I'm up by six to start work. And at almost nine, Tracy started elbowing me in bed and said, hey, hey, it's almost nine o'clock. What are you doing in bed? So got up, ran, ran into my office and was almost late for a morning meeting and then was just fucking dead all day. I think I took too much cough medicine. Or too late. Maybe. But it's like, it says every like four to six hours. Hmm. And so from three until nine, that's a good six hours. But then yeah. I was dead like all fucking day. Yeah. Until like I I did Ryan have access to this no. stuff last week? <laughs> no. Is he is he drugging me? He could maybe have, he could have spiked it oh. because he's working with these British agents. <laughs> um but no, thank you all very much for everybody who's reached out to ask how I'm doing. I, I am feeling much better all except for this cough and just some general congestion, but yeah, much, much better. Thank you all very much for asking. Um, I wanted to start with some feedback that we received from Tony Brock. Uh, that's a pseudonym because Tony is uh, currently working as an elder in his congregation for the Jehovah's Witnesses. Uh, he says that I wanted to answer a few of your questions after your episode on Jehovah's Witnesses. First off, you all did talk about blood transfusions, but your initial question on the cell salvage procedure was never really addressed. Uh, let me just quote directly from the book, Keep Yourself in God's Love. Ooh. Quote, cell salvage captures and returns blood lost during surgery. Blood is recovered from a wound or a body cavity, washed or filtered, and then reinfused into the patient. Because the methods of applying these techniques can vary from physician to physician, a Christian should find out what his doctor has in mind. When making decisions about these procedures, ask yourself, if some of my blood will be diverted outside my body, and the flow might even be interrupted for a time, will my conscience allow me to view this blood as still part of me, what? thus not requiring that it be poured out on the ground? That's a quote from that out, of the gr out on the ground is a bit from Deuteronomy chapter 12, verse 23 and 24. Would my Bible-trained conscience be troubled if during a medical procedure some of my own blood was withdrawn, modified, and directed back into my body? Am I aware that refusing all medical procedures involved involving the use of my own blood means that I would not accept a blood test, hemodialysis, or a heart-lung bypass machine? A Christian must decide for himself how he will allow his blood to be handled in the course of a surgical procedure. The same applies to medical tests and current therapies that involve extracting a small amount of one's own blood, perhaps modifying it in some way and then re-injecting it. So in summary, he says, so yes, the answer, they answer a lot of questions this way, that is, by not really answering them at all, <laughs> but insinuating an answer. This is supposed to leave it open to a conscious dis conscience decision, a technique they often, or they use quite often so that they can guilt you into a certain decision without you being able to come back later and claim that they had a rule about it. Mm. So as it is, most JWs I know 
say that unless they keep the blood flowing, this procedure would not be acceptable. Hmm. Yeah, but in a dialysis machine, they keep it flowing. Wasn't that kind of... No, it wasn't a hemorrhoid. Oh, so, yeah, I guess I'm still not entirely sure how that all works. I'm not sure what he means by they keep the blood flowing like it can't sit in a bag. Yeah, like basically. if it spills out, then it's not flowing anymore. They can't like a dial like a dials machine. The blood's constantly flowing; it's just circulating. Yeah, that's where like say if the blood spills out, is it good? Because if it goes into a pan, it's not moving anymore. Like that's what they're like the first part. Like then you must. Dump it out onto the so ground. It, so it stops moving, and that's when the demons can get into it? I guess. <laughs> well, your so, body might not recognize it. So what What about any blood that's not moving inside your body at one, at some point or another? I mean, the heart the heart doesn't beat constantly. It pulses, right? So it, it'll pump blood, and the blood will move and then slow down. And so the pump again. And slow, right. like there's certain parts of the body where blood might stop for a moment. You know, there's a lot yeah. of blood in the liver. Is that all constantly moving the, the whole time? Kinda, I, mean, I don't know, but it kind of has to. You're asking scientific questions about a religious teaching. Well, has... yeah, but I'm just I'm just blood, pointing blood. out how what how fucking stupid this is. Because isn't that kind of a blood clot? The blood stops and backs up and cl- well, if it's there for an if area it's there and... for too long. Oh yeah, now, what about but... a bruise? Right, that's, right. That's, a bruise. That's, yeah. that's a yeah, it's a yeah. The blood has stopped, so yeah, you, you got to dump your arm on the floor or whatever. <laughs> <laughs> uh, uh, he says. So that he helps that that answers our questions. He says, one quick correction. You read my letter last week, and that was actually several weeks ago now yeah. because we had that episode several weeks ago, and we're just now getting caught up. And you said three months, but it should have read three years. Yes, almost three years of being an elder in my congregation and pretending to believe in God. I actually woke up before my son was born. I've come to realize that having a child was the catalyst for many people who left the cult. Soon after he was born, one night around 3 a.m., I was woken up by a copy of God is Not Great, being thrown at my head that I thought I had hidden, but not good enough, apparently. I was told to leave the house. Oh, man. With a newborn at home, I didn't consider that an option, so instead I backpedaled big time. I reconvinced myself this was the truth, trademark. Although I had a lot of migraines during this period of trying to maintain my faith as a witness. About nine months later, I was riding in a car with another elder who was going on about the trouble he was having with a guy in his congregation. Apparently, the guy believes it is the truth, but he doesn't want to be told what to believe. He prefers to come to it on his own. This elder started going off about how dangerous this, quote, independent thinking, end quote, was. Right then, I realized I was done because Ryan's phone dinged and let him know. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> <laughs> and I did not believe it. I tried a couple of times to approach the subject with my wife, but it was, but it always blew up. So I've just laid low with it. Every bit of my life was tied up with JWs, my work, where I lived, etc. So I've been slowly disconnecting in as many areas as I can. Finally, telling my family exactly how I feel will be the last thing I need to do, and I hope to do it in a way so that I can keep my home together but time will tell. I just know that as my son gets older, the risk of my family breaking up may not be as bad as the danger of him being indoctrinated into the religion. Well, there's my story, the one you didn't ask for. (laughs) (laughs) But I hope I was able to answer your questions anyway and want to keep and want to say, keep up the good work. You all do a fantastic job with the podcast and we need as many people like you on the front lines as possible, fighting the fine fight of the faithless. Well, thanks, Tony. That was very nice. Thank you. 
And I wanted to say that I had also mentioned there is a community of uh, religious or pre or previously religious believers who are um, pastors, ministers, clergy within their particular uh, religious tradition who are no longer religious or, or who no longer have those same religious beliefs and are looking for a community or help in getting out of those situations. And at the time I, I said, I think it's, 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 you know, it's that project to help out, <laughs> to help clergy get out of what they're doing, but I can't remember exactly what it was. And I should have kicked myself because it is just the, the clergy, clergy project. Project org, And they've got a lot of resources out there that can certainly help people in that situation. So, uh, if you do need any help with that, I encourage you to check that out, reach out to them and see what they can do for you. Hopefully that all goes well. If you need anything else from us, we'd be happy to help however we can, though. I don't know. Just, we're just, we're just some jackasses talking into a microphone. Sometimes. <laughs> sometimes. Sometimes people quit the special agency they belong to. Decide to become a double agent. Well, sometimes people take it way too fucking seriously <laughs> and uh, betray their friends. <laughs> oh. <laughs> Betrayal. Yeah, we'll, we'll have your treason trial here soon enough. <laughs> <laughs> what, do we, what do they do for treason these days? Is that still uh, hanging? I think so. They haven't killed anybody since like the 1940s for treason. We're bringing it back. Yeah. Bring it back. <laughs> I think drawn and quartered at some point. Oh, man. That's only in Europe, so. Well, where's your fucking boss? Well, that's not how treason works. <laughs> <laughs> well, we're going we're gonna to decide which is the worst one and do that. <laughs> uh, we, also, we also received messages from a few people who, I don't know how to say this diplomatically, but seemed to believe that they're like, the alpha previously Jehovah's Witness person and that we absolutely have to talk to them to get the real scoop and truth on what's going on for those outside the Jehovah's Witness faith. And I'm not at all interested in interviewing anybody like that <laughs> who who thinks that they are king shit of Turd Hill. Um, yeah, Brian. Hey. <laughs> Well, I mean, if you if you send us a message saying, no, you have to interview me because I'm like the coolest ex-Jehovah's Witness in the world, that pretty much guarantees we're not going to have you on the show. I mean, we already let one guy on the show that was talking himself up, and that didn't go very well. Yeah, yeah. And not, not to say that we don't, I mean, self-promotion is a thing, and you should absolutely be proud of any accomplishments mm -hmm. that you have. And and feel passionate about, but you're saying this is a no bro zone. Well, yeah, I mean, there's <laughs> there's a certain level at which going beyond that is just like, I don't know. I feel I feel a certain sense of unease as to uh, the stability of this person's mental health. You know what I mean? Like, there there's just little there's there's a little too much going on there. Like, yeah. tone it down. <laughs> Calm yourself now. <laughs> I'm sure people think that about me when they listen to the show all the time. <laughs> <laughs> no, it was just it was just a little, not even a little. It was way over the top kind of stuff that. And and we do try to vet guests, so yeah, and that made it pretty easy. Yeah, yeah. 
just the the messages that this person was sending and they were just i don't know you you can, you can tell with with certain types of communication and people right like if if you just get a series of links to videos with absolutely no textual information yeah. about them it's just a series of links from from somebody whose whose moniker is you know like uh i don't know king of the xjw's or something like that no, I, first, I'm not going to waste my fucking time looking at goddamn links without knowing any reason why I should look at them in the first place. And then if you can't explain why you're sending these to us in reference to why we should pay attention, then no, it's just the whole thing was just no, a no for me. Or if okay. when you try to search this person out and you can't find any writings from them or any past, you know criteria that i'd say meets like well you're not really top shit if you no blog posts no articles no other you know large things in any movements you're not doing anything really special or yeah they were just a member at one point yeah yeah well it, and that that would be fine too because yeah. a lot of just yeah you know ex-members want, of things have right. very interesting very interesting stories but that's it. <laughs> yeah. If you can't say, hey, you know, I'm an ex-member of the Jehovah's Witnesses. I think I have a really interesting story. Here's a little bit of my background. If you're ever interested in having me on the show, that'd be really cool. It'd be nice to talk. Yeah, communicate like a rational human being. That's that's cool. We'll yeah. listen to that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, but if you just send us a series of links or send us messages saying, "Hey, man, you want the real truth on the Jehovah's Witnesses from a cool guy? Then fucking talk to me, bro." Not gonna happen. Sorry. Um, but yeah. I hope everything's going well for you, Tony, and that it all turns out very well. Thanks for the messages. Really, really appreciate it. Um, we also received a message from a listener of the show, Andrew Vodapich, who's also a Patreon yes. contributor. So double thank you. Yeah. Uh, he says, my wife and I just listened to the latest episode with Lloyd Evans, and I thought it was great. Thank you for having him on your show. His encyclopedic knowledge of JW history really sheds light on the religion's crazy origins. I'll do my best to give perspective on your question within the religion. Oh, I'm sorry. I'll do my best to give my perspective on your question. Within the religion, its history is somewhat whitewashed and selectively presented. There was a lot of JW history that I wasn't aware of until I left the cult at the age of 32. For instance, when I was growing up, the doctrine promoted racial unity and equality. I had no idea that black people were viewed as inferior for a significant portion of the religion's history. Back in 1929, the Golden Age magazine actually said, quote, There is no, serv no servant in the world as good as a good-colored servant, and the joy that he gets from rendering faithful service is one of the purest joys there is in the world. End quote. Wow. I don't see any mention of shucking and jiving there, so... But that's clearly what they're referring to, I, I think. <laughs> he says, It is very perplexing to think black people... Jesus Christ. It is very perplexing to think back on people I've known. Who, <laughs> I, wow. I, I was thinking colored servant and this, I don't know, man. It, got, it took me to a weird place. All right, Bill. <laughs> Sorry. It is very perplexing to think back on people I've known who remained faithful witnesses for 70 years or more who personally witnessed drastic changes in doctrine and failed predictions of Armageddon. Many have neglected planning for their futures, retirements, etc., because Armageddon has always been imminent. That's something that I've seen with a lot of people in the LDS religion as well. Mm -hmm. But they they won't plan for their retirement or anything, 
But they will plan for the end of the fucking world. They'll have that food storage. Oh, yeah. And- food storage, water storage, ammo storage, yeah. gun storage, storing shit like crazy. Utah is full of fucking pack rats. Yep. It's, you know, in the Midwest, you've got a cold storage in your basement. It's just a few racks in your basement. Here it's like there's a fucking vault in yeah, the basement. That's like a concrete vault. You could put a fucking safe door lock on it to secure all your goods. It's like, holy shit. These mm-hmm. are like no shit rooms. We are in the latter days. Uh, but we're not saints. <laughs> We've been in the latter days now for almost 200 years. C- coming up. You know, yesterday, uh, June 7th, was the 173rd anniversary of the Nauvoo Expositor printing press being destroyed. Ooh. Or I'm sorry, not of being destroyed, but of printing their the, one and only... Uh, uh, expose? <laughs> yeah, the one and only edition of the newspaper, wherein they exposed the fact that Joseph Smith had been preaching and practicing polygamy and also talked about the way it was damaging the lives of women within the community because he would pull them aside, secretly reveal this, you know, God, this new truth from God that they needed to become his spiritual wives. And in other countries, we call that a concubine. Yeah. Yeah. Um, that, you know, that it was ruining a, bun- ruining a bunch of people's, people's lives. Joseph Smith then denied that, organized a militia within Nauvoo to protect the city from interlopers and outsiders. A warrant was issued for his arrest, and then he finally turned himself in on the 25th of June, I believe, and then was killed three days later, I think, two or three days later. During a failed escape? Uh, Not during a failed escape. He was awaiting trial at the Carthage jail, and an angry mob showed up and basically tried to break in See, I always thought there was rumor that someone got him a gun like someone tried to help him escape and that's when he was no yeah it wasn't to escape that well in the carthage jail was by it wasn't much it was it was called a jail yeah but it was basically someone's house where joseph and his brother and somebody else i can't remember uh were were locked in a room yeah but the yeah people people had been aware that there were rumors about um possibly going and meeting out uh vigilante justice against Mm. joseph smith and so they smuggled in all kinds of stuff. And I say smuggled, but really it was- Just brought it to the door. They'd, yeah, <laughs> they'd walk into the house and, and they, they handed- Hey, I got a cake for I think I think Joseph and his brother each had a gun. Yeah. Um, but they also had alcohol. They had tobacco. They had alcohol. You know, two at least two of, of those things are against the word of wisdom. Did they have a concubine the with them? <laughs> and, and so they're, they're awaiting trial- uh, while at Carthage jail, when the mob shows up, uh, you know, storms the place and ultimately ends up killing Joseph Smith and his brother. Uh, yeah, but so yeah, interesting bit of history recently, which we might talk more about in the future. Yeah, we actually will. We, well, I, I released that episode of Megan Kennedy where she's talking a lot about yeah, the uh, uh, LDS uh, history and the Mountain Meadow Mountain Meadow Massacre. Yeah, and that you know she she went through a lot of the history that led up to that. One part of it being mm-hmm. uh, the well, it didn't lead. Yeah, it did. One part of it being the the Nauvoo Expositor publishing yeah. this, and then the the press being destroyed by Joseph Smith or at the command of Joseph Smith, and I don't know, bunch of bunch of interesting history. Um. He says that the main reason it didn't 
it doesn't raise massive flags is due to a handy belief that JWs have that the light gets brighter. This means that while they obviously have the one and only true religion, they believe that God is continually readjusting and refining their understanding of Scripture. So any change in doctrine, no matter how drastic, is just, quote, the light of truth getting brighter. Mormons could use that kind of thing. They could use a lot. Yeah. He says that those who have issues with the changes are thought to be lacking faith, possibly possibly even apostates, the absolute mm. worst thing a person can be, which is also pretty similar to LDS. LDS. Yeah. Not necessarily teachings, but behaviors, I guess. Their practices. Failed prophecies are usually shrugged off as imperfect men getting ahead of God's direction and is not a failing on God's part. But isn't, aren't they getting that direction from God for the prophecy? Well, yeah, but that's, see, they've got their out there because they can say, well, these men receive prophecy from God, but anytime it's wrong, it's because he's relaying this through failed man, which your perfect God sounds pretty fucking stupid then. Yeah. To be sending his messages like a, a perfect, all powerful God could just instantly beam all of this information to everybody's minds. Right. Or make it perfectly clear to everybody with whom he wanted to have this communication. And yet he chooses these failed and flawed vehicles in order to deliver his divine message, which is pretty fucking yeah. stupid. I mean, can't God just send a mass brain text? Uh, like, he, hey, he, he guess could. what, everybody? Um, Shit's going down. Protect yourself. Yeah. He could, but chooses not to, which I would say makes him makes him somewhat of an evil god if he exists. Yeah. Uh, this made, uh, the, the message continues and says, this made perfect sense to me growing up, since the Bible clearly says that no one knows the day or the hour. Uh, for the most part, however, controversial and unflattering chapters of JW history are simply avoided. Not too long ago, it was very easy to search JW literature going back to at least the 1950s. Their search engine was recently limited to only fairly recent years, I'm assuming to limit exposure to outdated information. I can't personally verify the issue of the the female-to-male ratio, but if true, it may have to do with the stress put on female submission and obedience to authority. I love the show, keep up the good work, and feel free to hit me up anytime you have JW-related questions. The rabbit hole goes very deep, and there's way too much to cover in an hour or two. And I think we absolutely will. uh, He uh, he also sent along. See, this is what normal, rational, sane people do, (laughs) right? They send you a message with a bunch of information, and then they send you a link saying, you know, well, and they send in or include in their message, hey, if you'd like to have me on the show, I'd be happy to do so. You know, I've got a lot more information, and they send you information about something they've done previously. So, yeah, I I think we need to, uh, we'll absolutely be reaching out to have you on the show at some future date. Um. I don't I don't want anybody out there who has sent us messages saying that they're previous you know that they were previously Jehovah's Witness and they've answered some questions for us and have offered to come on the show to explain more. I don't want you to think that you're the person that I'm talking about. Because you're not. Because you're not. <laughs> the person I'm talking about, I don't think, has actually listened to the show. Or maybe just listened to the one because it had to do with Jehovah's Witnesses. Yeah, and I think I think to... maybe just found that one episode out on YouTube and then decided to Man, they, they sent us text messages, email, like... Well, he sent, like, three text messages in, like, an hour. Yeah. And and none of it made any sense. I was like, what in the fuck does this mean? Who is this coming from? Why are they... Yeah. And then, especially when I, I went, I clicked on one of those links to listen. I'm like, okay, what's this all about? Yeah. And it was a show on a YouTube podcast that had, like, three episodes in there. 
and they didn't call him by the title he wanted to be called, so he corrects them right off the bat, like, no. Hmm, I know somebody like that. I, <laughs> I am the supreme JW. <laughs> Hey, huh? Special agent to you. <laughs> but yeah, so I I'm, I don't I didn't mean to make any of you any any of our regular listeners feel like they were who I was addressing during my little rant earlier because you're not. It it was this random offshoot of some. Yeah, ninety nine percent of the messages that we get are awesome. Oh yeah, absolutely. We've got awesome fucking listeners, yeah. man. You guys kick ass. Agreed. So, and I don't even like people. <laughs> uh, should we move on to some news items and stuff? Let's mm-hmm. do that. Okay. Hi, this is Yvette Dontremont, a.k.a. The Cybabe, and you're listening to Godless Revolution. You can find me at Cybabe.com, at my Twitter account, at The Cybabe, and if you've hunt really hard, you can find me at Pornhub. I dare you. This is like, it just comes out of a blizzard of, of inanity and craziness. He's going after Meryl Streep. He's he's lying about Obama wiretapping him. Now he's he's threatening war with North Korea, and you know nobody knows what to talk about. So it's it's like the 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 consequence of this is we have a president who not only can he not be trusted to tell the truth, he can be trusted to lie whenever he thinks it suits his purpose. From the White House to the pews, this is Rebel News. Well, there's a whole bunch in the news about James Comey, and Donald Trump, yeah, and the Russians, and Hillary Clinton, and, and emails, and lies, and conspiracies, and just straight up fuckery. Mm-hmm. Um, going, we're, we're we're looking at what the fuck just happened today. It's a site that I recommended last week, and we'll continue recommending because it has awesome. You should save it in your uh your your favorites bar on your Internet Explorer, or Google Chrome, or yeah, Firefox. bookmark it. And and refer to it often. It's updated all the time, every day. Uh, day 140, no fuzz. Number one says, Comey blasted the White House for lies, plain and simple. Fired FBI director accused Trump and his aides during testimony before the Senate Intelligence Committee today of defaming him after he was fired. Comey believed that Trump had clearly tried to derail the FBI investigation into Michael Flynn. Duh. No fucking duh. Yeah. Which we can all see. Yeah, his. So I read his the opening. The whole goddamn yesterday. world can see that that's what happened. But Paul Ryan puts his blinders on. He he knows. <laughs> the oh, yeah. whole Republican yeah. Party is just like, I don't see any big problem here. Yeah, uh, but they, of course, they know. The president. It's well within the president's discretion to ask these kinds of things, and he's Here's, just curious. And uh-huh. or it's he well, doesn't he understand. Yeah, he's yeah. a babe in the woods. He's just he's stupid. Okay, he's just new. give him he give him a break. He's yeah. new and he's stupid and he's learning. What would you say if you went to the hospital and your loved one was in there and died on the table? And you're like, well, the doctor's new. He's learning. Just give, give him, him a, break. a break. Yeah. Well, it's even worse than that. It's a, if the doctor killed them and then came out and said she was fine. Yeah. And then you caught him in the lie. And then he's like, no, I didn't. And then all the, then all the people come out and say, well, he's new. He doesn't understand the patient-doctor relationship. Yeah. He doesn't know what you're <laughs> supposed to say and stuff. That's what they're doing. He still thinks the puppy's on a farm. Well, I, I mentioned to you guys before we started recording that, you know, I, I am not the president of the United States, have no plans to run for president of the United States. I'm not in my 60s, and I know this shit. <laughs> like, I didn't run for the office of the president for a fucking year 
and then yeah. spend however many months as the president of the United States, surrounded by people who should be fucking telling me this shit if I don't already know it, and then still go through and do this type of thing. Like, I know this stuff, and I'm not the fucking president. Yeah. He should know this. You're also not a child. Well, mostly. <laughs> I've, I've, I've got a pretty juvenile sense of humor a lot of the time, but I, you know, like I said, it's, that is a ridiculous bullshit fucking excuse that, well, he's, you know, he's never been a politician. He doesn't know this stuff. Maybe then how not. the fuck did he end up as president? Yeah. Then maybe he isn't fit for the fucking job. Yeah, he's not right. at all. And you fuckers who are now justifying his ignorance and lack of information and just blatant fucking stupidity are the type of people who put him there in the first fucking place. Yeah, yep. Drives me fucking nuts that they make up every excuse in the world to justify what a gigantic fucking failure this guy is. Mm-hmm. Because <sighs> he's on their team. Yeah. Yep. Headline number two <laughs> says, says, Comey has called Trump a liar five times today. The wit he did. He yeah. he actually just said, No, the White House is lying about that. Yep. They lied about this. You know, they've they've and in the process they have defamed me and more importantly the whole office. The entire bureau the the entire Federal Bureau of Investigation. Yeah. Uh number three says, Comey, the administration is working to defame oh yeah, defame me and the FBI and telling lies to the American people. I thought I thought it was kind of funny listening. I didn't watch any of it live, uh, because I was at work, but um, apparently there was a point during his testimony where James Comey said, Lordy, I hope there are tapes. Yeah. Uh, this is in reference to Donald Trump's tweet that said something like, uh, if Comey yeah, is going to watch what you're doing, or else I'll release these tapes. Yeah. He'd, he'd better hope there aren't tapes of our conversation yeah. or some shit like that. Um, and which kind of painted him into a corner. Yes. Because he's, because when he did that, Trump either made hollow threats yeah. that, Oh, yeah, I have these recordings, and so you'd better watch your ass when, in fact, he doesn't have recordings and can't release them. Or he does have the recordings, and now James Comey's like, oh, God, I hope they exist. And I give him, you know, it doesn't hurt my feelings that he has them, and he has my permission to release them in full, and I hope he does. That now, if he does have the recordings and doesn't release them, it will clearly look like he's not releasing them because they are, in fact, more damaging yeah. for Trump than they are for anybody yeah, else. But they don't, or they don't, don't care. This administration does not care about appearing to be uh, uh, dishonest. They they would rather just hold, withhold the evidence. Yeah, well, and you you had walked out of the room when when we were talking about this a little bit, and I mentioned to Ryan that I hope that Trump is just so in his own head and so full of himself and so naive and narcissistic that in his it's, mind it's all checking out so far yeah that that <laughs> uh-huh. in his mind if if the, the tapes do exist and that in his mind he did nothing wrong but when in fact they're completely damning and so yeah. i hope that he does you know that they do exist and he does release them and that they are just damning and that they would take down his presidency and i could see it happening if he's that narcissistic naive and full of himself but which we know he is yeah, but he's not acting alone. He's got people around him that'll say, "No, no, 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 no." Yeah, yeah. but if you can put audio files on Twitter. <laughs> hmm. I don't think he's that technically. Either advanced, do I. I don't though. think he knows how to do it. 
Yeah, that technologically advanced. You'd probably link it to his government email that goes to a Google Drive that you'll give everybody access to with all this top, se- <laughs> top secret information on how to. Let's see, I store the storage Do codes, uh, the, the, yeah. the nuclear codes over here. These are my passwords. Well, my Google Drive's everywhere. It's in the cloud. These are important dates to remember. <laughs> Melania, Melania, Melania. Oh, fuck, he doesn't give a shit about her. <laughs> Ivanka. <laughs> number, yeah, no kidding. Uh, number five, the White House won't say if there's a recording system in the Oval Office. Of course not. Why? Well, well we know there is one. The Russians put it there. No. I would imagine, I mean... I would imagine that there that there would be. I don't I don't see necessarily that there would be any issue with that. And I think it could possibly be helpful in providing exculpatory well, evidence for for accusations of wrongdoing, right? Yeah, so but, they may want to use it as a system for covering their ass but, if they think that they're actually doing the right thing. But look at Watergate. Yeah. That's a good example of why you don't have a recording system in your office. If you're doing nefarious shit, yeah. Well, of course. Yeah. That's exactly why if I were Trump, I wouldn't be having a fucking recording device in my fucking office. <laughs> yeah. Well, apparently Sarah Huckabee Sanders said she has no idea if Trump has a recording system in his office, despite the president suggesting he may have recordings of his conversations with Comey. Number six, Paul Ryan defended Trump's attempt to influence Comey. He's new at this. Yeah, yeah which is what we were talking bullshit. about. Bullshit. Yeah. Number seven, Comey helped release details of his meetings with Trump. Comey acknowledged that he shares copies of his memos documenting his Trump meetings with a close friend, a professor at Columbia Law School, who could share the information with reporters. Hmm. And, I don't know, Trump's attorney came out and and just tried to skewer James Comey, but had... Information wrong. Yeah, basic facts and information mm-hmm. wrong, like dates of... The timeline of when things occurred, you know, his his attorney tried to say that uh, Comey said that he released this information, and in, then the tweet came out. Yeah, as as a as a in order to try to fight back against the tweet that mm-hmm. Donald Trump sent out about these tapes, and that you know that Comey had the timeline wrong, and the Word. New York Times came out and said, "No, Trump's attorney has the timeline yeah. wrong. Here, you know, here's this date, yeah, this date, the, this the, date." The tweet was on the twelfth, and the first time they talked about it, in New York Times was on the fifteenth. Yeah. Yeah, so Trump's attorney tried his best to skewer Comey on a bunch of these things and I think failed, but to people who don't really pay attention and are only looking for uh, confirming evidence to their own biases, I think what he said would go a long way with them mm-hmm. if they're not looking at any other sources. Um, Trump's lawyer said Comey made unauthorized disclosures of privileged talks. and And we talked about this pre-show that really... The president could have claimed executive privilege for these things, and he did not. Yeah. He has, it's it's part of a presidential uh, power and right that he can say, no, in order to protect our nation's secrets, the, the nation the in general, whatever, this is, this is privileged communication between you and I. You cannot, you know, you cannot go and testify in open hearings about mm-hmm. any of this information. And the, the. Trump presidency specifically chose not to do so with this information. Mm. So Comey can go out and talk about it. But then later Trump's attorney comes out and says, oh, no, this is privileged information. No, that that has a very specific meaning within the law and within communications that are are happening with the president. If they are actually privileged meetings and information, 
they could have claimed executive privilege and just made it so that he couldn't say anything about yeah. it. They didn't do that. But now they're trying to rec- retroactively go back and say, oh, well, he shouldn't have said that because that was that was privileged information. Which is bullshit. Yeah, you can't you can't do that. Well, I guess you can, but you're a lying dickbag yeah. and an asshole for trying to do so. Uh, Paul Ryan says the Trump asking for Comey's loyalty is obviously inappropriate. Yeah. Which, great. I guess it's good that Paul Ryan can acknowledge that there are some depths to which Donald Trump can sink and and will maybe be called out and for I'm them. kind of glad he didn't try to twist the meaning of what Trump meant by loyalty, because that's fully what I expected to hear after that. But wait, I mean, if if what Trump said is, quote, obviously inappropriate, I mean, clearly it wasn't, right? Well, well he's he's new at this. It, yeah. Or is he new at it? Which one is it? Well, is, is it is it apparently inappropriate well, that like so well, obvious that everyone would know it? Or yeah. is it that Trump is too new to understand what's obviously appropriate and inappropriate? Which which fucking one is it? Well, he's still learning. He's still learning. He's now, obviously now you're on new. Trump's he's... side. Jesus, what has <laughs> happened while I was gone? Grabbing women by the pussy is obviously inappropriate, but nobody's told him that before. Yeah, right. So right. he's he's still learning. Give him a break. So the person that the person that we put in the White House is somebody who needs to be told every time where the line is. Yes. Because yeah. he is incapable of figuring it out on his own. Well, well, that was another thing we mentioned before the show. Rules are for poor people. Yeah. Yeah. Well, following He's, them. Yeah. Following. Yeah. Following. Making rules is them is, or is, punishment. Is, yeah. Well, that too. Yeah. Uh, number 10. Comey's testimony laid out the case that Trump obstructed justice. And I think it did. I mean, it it says specifically that Donald Trump asked him to drop the Flynn case mm-hmm. several times. In fact, not just a one t- not just a one time thing. He asked him several different times to drop the Flynn investigation. Number eleven, former Watergate special prosecutor. I helped prosecute Watergate. Comey's statement is sufficient evidence for an obstruction of justice case in the seventies. Uh huh. Mm-hmm. Not in the post. Maybe not in the post truth world yeah in the post-truth era well, well that's the thing with the special prosecutors what the rest of society deems true doesn't fucking matter well we'll see we'll see how how deep that goes um let's see number 12 trump's fbi pick has russian ties what do you know imagine that somebody else who hmm. trump would choose to fill a position has ties to russia you probably help launder the money well, I think all of them have been Long. doing that to some extent. I mean, uh, we were watching Chris Hayes' show before the show, yeah. before we started recording, and he he mentioned that, you know, there are at least three Trump associates with very close ties to Trump or or the administration who have all lied about their ties to Russia. Yeah. I mean, just flat out fucking lied about them. You've got Michael Flynn. Who was lied about it? Who lied about his conversations with Kislyak? Yeah. And- uh, And payment. Yeah, and payment from Ukrainian officials. Yeah. You have Jeff Sessions, who lied through omission about his about not mentioning his communications. Mm-hmm. His, I think there were three different meetings with yeah, Kislyak. Yeah, because he had mentioned, oh, yeah, I met with Kislyak once. And go, well, we got two. Yeah, what? I forget. It was two. Then, like, two months later, like, well, we have this third one. Yeah, maybe it was three. It's yeah. like he only fesses up once they find it. Well, initially, he said there weren't any, any right? Yeah. So, 
He's had three. Uh, how do you forget three meetings with somebody? And these were within a short time span. Yeah. Yeah. So uh, you got Flynn, Jeff and, Sessions, and, and now Jared Kushner yeah. is also being accused of withholding information about meetings he had with high ranking Russian officials on his security clearance yeah. documentation, which is a felony. Oh, yeah. And the thing is with these is if they declare it on there and they go and check it out, go, oh, yeah, okay, no problem. No wrongdoing. Uh, you're doing standard business over there with these people. That was part of your job or whatever. Okay, cool. But when you don't declare it, that's where it's like, this looks fishy. What the fuck were you doing if you're not wanting to talk about it? Mm-hmm. Yeah, why are you not admitting these or, or putting them on your, on your official security yeah. clearance information? Those are those are forms. I mean, that's that's a big fucking deal oh, yeah. for anybody else. For anybody who isn't the well, son-in-law of a billionaire and isn't you know a multi-millionaire himself. I mean, if that these, would be a big fucking yeah. deal. If somebody just within the the armed services had filled out the, that information and had not included that on theirs, they'd probably be sitting in a jail cell right mm-hmm. now. Mm-hmm. I mean, I lost my security clearance for a while when I had when I got arrested for sleepwalking. <laughs> <laughs> I, keep, I always forget about that. That's such a great story. <laughs> yeah. Uh, well, and I almost didn't get my security clearance because I was going through a divorce at the time. Yeah. You know, when I was a contractor for the DOD and and needed to get uh, some pretty pretty heavy uh, security clearances. I was almost denied clearance just because I was going through yeah. divorce. And I wasn't meeting with, I wasn't meeting with Russian officials. No. So yeah. Hmm. It's all a bunch of bullshit, man. Uh number 13. The House of Representatives passed a bill that would gut major elements of Dodd-Frank. This shit pisses me off, man. Yeah, don't me don't, too. don't the fucking Republicans claim to be the 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 party for the working class, the the I mean, they're they're not they're trying to remake themselves yeah. but, into that. But, yeah, that's yeah. the aren't that's they, the narrative they're trying they, to promote. Yeah, they're trying to say that, but yet, but yet the the financial crisis that you know was in in two thousand seven, two thousand eight, or whatever. Yeah, literally, rich, rich, rich ass companies making a killing off of literally stealing homes from middle class people. Yeah, and they cannot wait to do it again. They can't wait to get back in there and steal it again. That's what they do. They put the loans out there and they grab yep. everything back. They get all the money and the property back. And almost and entirely get... destroy the nation and the globe's economy yeah, while I, doing I so. Yeah, and they can't wait to do it again. And I predicted this at work like three, four weeks ago. Because we were talking about the housing market out here in Utah. How housing and is now you're so... a profit? Jesus. How, housing, <laughs> how the housing, the market is going up. Housing, <laughs> housing is getting expensive. And I said, there's going to be a fucking huge crash soon. They said the banks are going to have to go back to giving out predatory loans so that people can even afford to get a fucking house. And it's going to come five, six years from this due to pay the higher interest on it. Mm-hmm. They won't be able to afford it. We're going to go into another fucking economic crash just because of that. Repealing Dodd-Frank gives them the fucking ability yep. to give out those predatory loans again. Yep. Yeah. Yep. The little summary here says- And that- now they're going to be preying on millennials who, di- who were not quite old enough to know what happened in 2008. And have a huge amount and of And are just debt. now coming into the- you know, come, come getting out of college or, you know, early twenties, maybe looking to buy a house. Yeah. Finally, finally able to get a job, start making a little bit of money want to, want to get a home, 
settle down. But they're hey. not making a lot of money because of all the other bullshit the Republicans have done yep. and the student loan debts. And so what they're going to do is look for houses that have really low rates for some reason, which is repealing Dodd-Frank is going to allow the houses to look like they're a great deal. And they're going to get snatched up by tons of millennials and this whole shit's going to happen again. Yeah. Fortunately, it says that uh, while the bill passed the House, it faces long odds of becoming law as it would require as it would require the support of Democrats in the Senate in order to reach Trump's. Oh, desk, yeah. So. Those those sturdy Democrats that stand <laughs> up. Yeah. They're fucking spineless bitches, man. They'll put, why is it even past the House? Can't they remember what happened? Well, the they House, has, the house has a lot larger portion of Republican control. Right. That's what I'm saying. And yeah. and and they're all connected to donors. And this was one of those things in real that, estate and big business. Yeah, yeah. This is one of the things that Trump ran on. Get rid of Dodd Frank. I know. I, it's just unbelievable that that any that anybody with a conscience can stand there and say that's we're going to do that because our donors say so. But it's putting too much limitations on the banks. Yeah. Get get rid of all regulations. Yeah. A bit of good news is that the House and Senate Democrats plan to sue Trump over conflicts of interest related to his corporations, business deals, and foreign governments looking to curry favor with the administration. It'll never happen. Well, when he's holding fucking meetings at Trump Towers, which they're paying hundreds of thousands of dollars to probably stay in a room just so they can fucking talk to him or his fucking daughter or Kushner or any of them, fuck yeah, that's a conflict of interest. Yeah. Yep. Number 15, Trump doesn't plan to fire Sessions. Well, of course not. Yeah. Sessions is, I mean, Sessions, the, the attorney general is a really fucking powerful position. Oh, yeah. That's Comey's boss, or it was Comey's boss. Yeah. You know, people, I, I've heard a lot of Republicans say, well, if James Comey was really made uncomfortable by this, what it, by the by Donald Trump's uh, attempts to get him to lay off Flynn, why didn't he tell anybody about it? Because he couldn't trust the guy. Well, he, but he did. I mean, he, he even he even told Sessions. He may not have told Sessions everything, but he said he wanted him in the room, didn't he? he? Yeah, he said, "Don't don't put me. Don't allow this to happen again. Yeah, don't allow it to happen again. That I am alone with the president. I'm telling you this as my boss. You're yeah. my boss because you're the attorney general. Don't allow the president to have me alone in the room with him again because it, it, it's a, it he said it's she bad. said at that point. It, yeah, it, it leads. It could lead to all kinds of of fuckery and mm-hmm. I don't want there to be the impar- the appearance of impropriety on either of our uh on either of on either end of this. So please don't let this happen again. Which leads me to believe just think of that cuz he wanted Jeff Sessions to be in there probably cuz he holds a higher ranking and he can he's privy to the same information. But I got to think he's got an aide that he has that works with him directly that is probably on the same level of allowed information that he could have had sit in the room with him to be able to uh, confirm information or make sure that Trump doesn't go off and ask, make, do any crazy stuff. But I don't think Trump would stop himself. Yeah, well, apparently he doesn't plan to fire him despite his frustration with Sessions for the handling of the administration's failed travel ban and for recusing himself from the Russia probe. Sort. Yes, I was going to say, sort of. I mean, he... Mm-hmm. Kind of in the way that Spike recused himself from the... Uh... The situation involving uh, what Dan wanted to do with the demotions and so forth. <laughs> Said he would, but sort of didn't. Mm-hmm. It's exactly what Sessions did with this. Uh, number 16, pulling out of the Paris Climate Agreement could accelerate damage to Trump's real estate empire. Mar-a-Lago, the apartment towers near Miami, and his Doral Golf Course are all threatened by rising seas. You just build a wall. 
Have you? Did you see that episode of Ice where Shane Smith was walking around Miami? I and at different parts of the day, there are parts of fucking Miami that the streets are just flooded. I did because see that of one. the tide surge. I, I saw one. I can't remember if it was Vice where they're over, uh, Dutchland, Deutschland, Germany, Deutschland. not Deutschland in Dutch, uh, <laughs> Holland, <or> Holland, <laughs> the Dutch. Uh, where they were showing the, the giant uh, locks they built to hold back the ocean from flooding the town. Oh, yeah. Where it's literally these giant, huge fucking locks? walls. It, was, it oh. wasn't a lock. Well, uh, you said locks. That's what, that's what it's like because they got, a, they got a giant inlet. Oh, I was just repeating the water, what you said and you're like, no. But I it's love not. locks on bagels. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but if they kind of, they float on the water. So during the day, they're down. And the water flows and normal tide flows in and up. And when mm. the, it's going to be a big tide, they can sink part of it and it raises it up. Oh, okay. And it blocks off the whole inlet. Mm. So that way the, it won't flood the places. And they're showing some of these businesses where they literally have people like a bookstore where the guy's got bathtubs in the bookstore to hold the books. Because when it floods, the water rises like five feet. Oh, geez. So he's got these bathtubs up on stilts with the books in them so that when it floods, it doesn't destroy the book. Crazy. Just make a little boat. Or Pretty much. Book boats. But I mean, you go in people's homes and it's like halfway up the walls, there's the stain marks when the water gets high. Like that's, that's tide right there. That's the tide line the when it's high. And that town's been there for like hundreds of years. And now it's, it's, this is the first time they've had this issue. Yeah. I, well, I want to take just a minute to talk about the Paris Climate Agreement because I've heard a lot of Republicans saying bullshit Some, like, yeah. well, the Democrats seem to have a really short memory because even they weren't happy with the Paris Climate with the Paris Agreement. Because it didn't, didn't go w- far enough. Right. That's the whole fucking thing. Like, they're trying to say, the, the Republicans are trying to spin it and say, well, well, even Democrats didn't like the agreement. They didn't want us to be in the agreement in the first place. And so now we're just pulling the plug on something they didn't want any part of in the first place. And that's just it. To Ryan's point yeah. is, it wasn't that they thought it was a bad idea to have some sort of agreement. It's that it didn't go far enough. They wanted more restrictions than they, they wanted well, shorter timelines, higher restrictions on the amount of carbon that could be put out. And, and Well, that was the big thing because when the Paris Climate Agreement first got signed, it did nothing. It was an agreement to say, hey, we'll come back every four years. and We'd they, all like to work together to try to together. do something. It's like, something. no, yeah. set hard dates, set hard numbers. And there was none of that. Have here. some teeth within set, it. Have yeah, some set, actual information. Set financial to, goals for this. Yeah, something to gauge how we're doing. But that wasn't in there. The part, the it, the agreement was basically saying to these countries, "Hey, we'll play nice with each other. We're going to work on this." But it, it gave nothing of substance to it. Yeah, which is what they were doing this last time. They were trying to re look at their numbers and come to an agreement. Yeah, maybe we should shoot for this and shoot for this. When Trump said, "No, fuck that. I ain't doing this with you guys." No, we're out. I'm sorry. We're and, not going to have any part of this. And even the money that they keep talking about, the slush fund. It's a bad deal. It's a very bad deal. Okay, I'm going to renegotiate. It'd, it'd be better. <laughs> then I'll just buy all the water. Okay? Because <laughs> the Paris Climate Agreement costs us literally nothing. There's no money involved in it. Yeah. The money that they keep referring to when I was reading the article on it is a UN-funded project for climate change to help poorer countries get more involved with solar and renewable energies and get away from coal and... uh. Uh, other carbon fuels, fossil fuels. Well, and it, it takes the U.S. out of the innovation industry. Exactly. I mean, where it it sets us back. He we we mm. talked about it last week that yeah. he wants to start. South Korea is going to be beating us. Yeah, he he wants to start up coal again, and 
reopening mines and rehiring mm-hmm. miners, and then he wants to put steam fucking fu- steam powered uh, launchers carriers. on aircraft yeah. carriers. Yeah, looking <sighs> looking forward to the industrial revolution. <laughs> He's a robber baron. That's what it is. Yeah, he is. It's his fucking kid's name. <laughs> oh wow! It yeah, is. it is. <laughs> uh, number seventeen. Hawaii passed a law to document rising sea levels and set strategies to reduce greenhouse gases. Hawaii is the first state in uh, to enact legislation implementing parts of the Paris Climate Agreement. Yes. Which is another thing that is is good news surrounding all of this, is that you have a ton of, uh, a ton of other Americans with some political power in the United States saying, no, the president is fucking wrong about this, and we're still going to be participants yeah, in- we're going to do it on our own. Yeah, we're going to still participate in the Paris Climate Agreement ourselves. You know, you've got- You've got governors and mayors of uh, states and and cities who are saying it's wrong to pull out of this. We're still going to contribute yeah. and do what we can anyway. Which I I had to walk away from a, a, a discussion at work last night when it got to climate change, and the one guy says, "All we got to do to fix climate change is plant more trees." I'm like, "Where are you, where are you going with?" <laughs> I'm like, "I know where you're going with this because plants trees love carbon dioxide." It's like you fuckwit. He doesn't know that they also create carbon dioxide? Well, he doesn't know the difference <laughs> between carbon dioxide and carbon monoxide. Uh, and also, where the fuck are you going to plant the trees if the whole earth is underwater? True. But it's the difference, because I heard a lot of people say, well, we off-gas, so we're c- contributing to greenhouse gas. I'm like, no, the gas that we off-gas in our breath is different than the gas that's coming out of a combustion fucking engine. Yeah. One is deadly to plants, one isn't. Yeah. Um. Lastly, some good bit of news, maybe, (laughs) is the Trump's approval rating hits 34%, and 40% of voters do not expect Trump to complete his four-year term. How is it even at 34%? (laughs) Yeah, exactly. Who are these 34% of people who think that he's actually doing a good job? The fucking morons that voted for him that didn't pay any attention to him before or after, that don't pay any attention, they just were like, yeah, I want the fucking muggle Malfoy to be my well, president. They probably got to hold him at a NASCAR race. Yeah, right. NASCAR race? Yeah, NASCAR. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, there's there's a mixed bag of good things and bad things. Um I it was it was kind of weird. I know that a lot of people at my work had mysterious illnesses today. Ah. Uh, where they they had the news flu, I think, and wanted to watch mm, the Comey hearings. Mhm. Because there's there's a lot of shit going on at my work, and oh yeah, in my in in with my particular, I have a particular set of skills, <laughs> um, that there's it's been pretty stressful recently. Anyway, there were a lot of people who were just out today, yeah, and I was like, why the fuck is everybody? So- oh, <laughs> right, that's all that shit going on today. Yeah. Yep. I'm sure they will be feeling fit as a fiddle tomorrow. Mm-hmm. Back to work. <laughs> yeah, you'll have to ask everyone if they comied down with something. Did you comey down with something <laughs> yesterday? What was up? <laughs> you comied down with some kind of flu-like <laughs> symptoms? Hello, my name is Glav Tsipurski. I am the president of Intentional Insights at intentionalinsights.org. I'm a professor at the Ohio State University studying decision-making in politics and business. And I'm also the leader of the Pro-Truth Pledge project at protruthpledge.org, designed to fight the tide of lies in our politics and promote the truth. And you're listening to The Godless Revolution. 
All you have to say is, science is a philosophy of discovery, intelligent design is a philosophy of ignorance. That's all. I don't need to see whether, I don't need, if, have you discovered anything lately? If not, get out of the science classroom. If you base medicine on, on science, you cure people. If you base the design of planes on science, they fly. If you base the design of rockets on science, they reach the moon. It works, bitches. You have some sciencey stuff, Matt? I do. I have a couple of different things. I'm trying to decide which one would be the best one. Okay. I might be able to squeeze two in here real quick. Squeeze two in. Exhumed Neanderthal fossils do not paint a gentle portrait of the lives of extinct hominid relatives. I wouldn't think it would. Mm -mm. Because the vast majority of them have been found to have mysterious traumatic lesions and post-traumatic degenerative changes. Researchers have been trying for decades to figure out exactly why this crowd got so messed up. In a new effort to solve this mystery, scientists stumbled upon a peculiar correlation. Cousin fucking? (laughs) Not quite. (laughs) This isn't the South. <laughs> oh. The, but they, they were mostly found in France. I don't know if that matters. Yeah, cousin fucking. <laughs> the modern day activities that wreck humans in the most st- statistically similar way to Neanderthal injuries include running into tables. <laughs> they had tables? <laughs> golf accidents. Golf and, accidents? And water tubing. Ah. <clears throat> University of Missouri Columbia anthropologists Libby Cowgill and James Bain recently presented this finding at the 86th annual meeting of the American Association of Physical Anthropologists with the knowledge that Neanderthals have typically been found to have, ha- to, have, to have more head trauma and less skeletal trauma in the pelvis and lower limb areas. Calgill and Bain examined 84 sets of human trauma, uh, trauma data taken from the National Electronic Injury Surveillance System. Each set collected information about a different sport or activity. All of the sets they looked at, 14 activities were deemed to result in injury patterns that were not st- statistically significant, significantly different to the ones Neanderthals have been found to have. Hmm. Uh, the activities that showed the most similar injury patterns were water tubing, followed by boomerang games <laughs> boomerang and accidents involving a golf cart. Huh. Uh, these are activities that affect the face and head, which make up 30% of Neanderthal injuries. This research negates the findings of a widely cited 1995 study that concluded that rodeo accidents share the most similarities to Neanderthal injuries. But more importantly... <laughs> well, I, I would guess that would be closer. Because if I was a Neanderthal, I'll be back jumping on the back of every fucking animal trying to ride it. <laughs> fucking fuck walking. It's just going through a list of not games. Um, uh, but more importantly, Cowgill and Bain argue that, uh, that, the ex- that the exercise of trying to understand Neanderthal behavior by looking at it, uh, by looking at modern injury is pretty pointless. Sure, it's fun to do for a bit of trivia, but because there were no water parks 40,000 years ago, knowing that water tube injuries are similar to Neanderthal injuries doesn't do much to solve the mystery. How do you know? Were you there? Uh, <laughs> were you there? Yeah. Uh, and <laughs> then uh, go on, goes on to say, uh, quote, it is possible that this method of drawing comparisons between patterns of Pleistocene trauma and those of modern sports samples may be problematic due to the issues of survivorship and small fossil sample size, the researchers write. It, it also remind, uh, remains possible injury distribution data provides insufficient resolution to interpret past behaviors due to the wide re- uh, variety of specific activity patterns that can generate a single distribution pattern. Uh, That's while, a lot of pattern. I know. 
while comparing injury types here doesn't do too much to help the long-standing effort to figure out uh to figure out these early man boo-boos at least <laughs> next time <laughs> you get wrecked while tubing you can have a bit of insight to the pain the anderthals once so that was worthless and i'm not sure why i brought that actually because it says fucking nothing <laughs> so well thank you yeah you're welcome appreciate you uh this one's better how much time we got I got, I can do this one easy. All right. A recent study in the uh, appropriately named soft matter found that mammals across v v uh, various species and sizes. <laughs> Let me start this again. You ever seen that, that comedian that stutters? Yeah, you sound like him. <laughs> Are you making fun of my reading the ability? One guy. <laughs> <laughs> yes. <laughs> I heard you take over for dad a couple weeks ago. <laughs> A recent study in the appropriately named soft matter found that mammals across various species and size, sizes, it is sizes. All right. <clears throat> a recent study in the appropriately named soft matter <laughs> found that mammals across various species and sizes take, on average, 12 seconds to poop. <laughs> really? God, that's that, a fast poop, that is a man. Fast. Well, if you're in the wild and you're running. Yeah. For, from a predator, need to lose a little weight. You gotta well, drop that dude's fast. And I guess I'm used to the tinker stinker where you're there on the phone, your phone yeah. doing whatever. Right? You got time. Yeah. This includes humans, of course. Holy shit! The time it took various animals, regardless of size and mass, to finish number two remained relatively consistent, and the quickest at about five seconds, and the longest taking nineteen. Wow. The researchers arrived at these findings after collecting and analyzing 23 videos of various mammalian species relieving <laughs> themselves. <laughs> Quote, there's a surprising amount of poop videos online, said huh. one of the researchers. <laughs> uh-huh. Uh, mostly from tourists who visit the zoos to film yeah. and upload the videos online, she adds. One reason for this consistent duration. Uh, Yang also. One reason for this. And then it, there's nothing. So uh, <laughs> Yang also found that the normal low-level pressure animals apply to push through the bowel, uh, bowel movement is constant and unrelated to a creature's body mass. That means that whether it's a human or a mouse, the pressure used uh, on normal excrement is the same. On normal excrement. Yeah, there's some excrement that needs an extra push. Yeah, and some that you're trying There's, to hold in. Yeah. <laughs> and it ain't, it ain't staying. <laughs> For our, our purposes, the duration of your movement can be a strong indicator of your overall health. Let's be, let's be clear that the average of 12 seconds doesn't include your sitting time, uh, but it's your sitting. Drop time. Uh, but if you're sitting there for eons with nothing to show for it, it might be a sign that you're constipated. One th yeah, blah, blah, blah. You need to drink more water. So there, too quickly, there might be other underlying health issues. They're talking to but like, yeah. they're talking from like turtle head poking out yeah. to pinching it off. From penetration right. to release. Or well, not penetration. penetration. Well, it's, it's got to penetrate the sphincter. Ryan, are you sticking your finger up there? You don't have to do that. You don't have to dig it out. It well, just... I mean, if, if it was from the turd's point of view, it's penetrating. You need a squatty potty? I, I would try one. Also, get a nail brush. Uh-huh. If you're, if you're rooting oh, around in there. No, I, I ain't sticking my finger in my bum. <laughs> There's no truffles up there. <laughs> How do you know? Have you looked? <laughs> Well, going back to your 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 uh, hominid bit, oh, uh, scientists recently unearthed the oldest Homo uh, Homo sapiens fossils that they have ever found. Uh, predates our previous oldest ones by more than a hundred thousand years. So previously they were up to about two hundred thousand years old for the oldest Homo species, 
now they're dating this these most recent findings back to 300,000 years. So it's increased the amount of time that homos, homo sapiens have been around on Earth for wow another 100,000 years. Yeah. That, uh, another 100,000 years longer than previously thought. Um, the newfound homo sapiens fossils, three young adults, one adolescent, and a child of seven or eight, date back roughly 300,000 years as a study in this week's uh, edition, edition of Nature. The next oldest fossils of Homo sapiens, the scientific name for humans, are about 200,000 years. The 200,000-year-old fossils were found in eastern Africa, sometimes called the Garden of Eden, for its supposedly pivotal, pivotal role as the birthplace of humanity. But the new fossils are from Morocco in far northern Africa, supporting the theory that the evolution of modern humans was a piecemeal affair that played out across the continent. Wow. So when the aliens seeded the earth, they mm-hmm. didn't just plant in one place. They put them, they scattered us around a little bit. Bunch of number twos all over the place. Or maybe, <laughs> or maybe humans moved around more than they thought. That could be too. I thought that was pretty interesting though. I mean, that a hundred thousand years older than they thought. Yeah, yeah that's, that's big. The, that, that's a, that's huge. Yeah, yeah. That's half again what it was before. Like that's, yeah. that adds quite a, that's a pretty big number, but you know, science is always changing. So you never know. that's why i don't rely on science because it's always changing we've got the good book that just is is the same that it ever was and yeah that's all i have to know but no i thought that was pretty cool science is is always changing and advancing yeah it's always progressing and advance that's what it should say yeah science is always progressing this is matt dillahoney and you're listening to the godless revolution and why, why should they take offense that I don't believe in their God or any other God? And I'd say to them, you know, tell me the reasons why you don't believe in all the other gods. And that's the reason I don't believe in yours. And uh, I've got nothing against people believing in God at all, you know. Um, uh, in, in fact, if, if it, you know, did make you a kinder person, if you only did good things in his name, mm-hmm. then great, you know, but there's the rub. Uh, it's when uh, I see some of these religious fundamentalists saying that um, they've told their five-year-old children that if they turn out gay they will burn in hell Mm. that to me is child abuse thank you to everybody who has rated the show on itunes and stitcher and are following us on youtube twitter and facebook and to all our patreon patrons you make the show possible all right on the line with us now we have the awesome marissa alexa mccool how are you tonight fuck comcast god damn it So I yeah I've I've had Comcast in the past it's been a while I I've got I've got luckily I'm in an area that has a direct fiber connection to my house asshole yeah. so I have I have a gig up and down and yeah I've dedicated. I've been using Verizon Files where I live for the last four years and I called to transfer it today they're like oh we don't have it there it's like fuck they're gonna make me go back to Comcast and I just got away from Philadelphia too yeah <laughs> yeah there's there's a there's a company here locally called utopia that's available in a few areas that yeah i'm i'm pretty fortunate man i have an awesome kick-ass connection here at my house yeah i the connection seems fine eventually but then of course we were trying through skype and i couldn't hear you but you could hear me so we could have done the most boring interview in the history of mankind where you typed questions and i tried to gauge the response of you and you know address it that way but we're on we're on that's what's important that could have been kind of cool actually yeah that that would be an interesting way to do it uh, i could have been McCool. Do an interview yeah, yeah. it could have been McCool. so uh 
I, we haven't actually met before you. I know you were in town recently. I'm I'm sorry that we didn't get to meet up or anything, but I hear you had a bit of a shitty time. But I wanted to let you know that in studio with me. So this is I'm Dan Ellis, and in studio we have Mr. Ryan Duffy. That's me. Yeah, and I'm Matt. But, there are three of us, but we'll try to balance it out so it's not uh, crazy for you. I've been on with the Brainstorm podcast, and they had like 26 people on. So this is not <laughs> this is all right. Wow. <laughs> So you you're all over the fucking place. I know you recently moved. We can get into that in a minute. In, in a minute, but for those listeners of ours who have been living in a cave or 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 just haven't heard you anywhere else, and because we have not had you on our show before, uh, tell us a little bit about yourself. Sure. Um, like I said, my name is Marissa McCole. I'm a 31 year old trans woman. Just recently, as in yesterday, moved to St. Paul, Minnesota. I graduated from the University of Pennsylvania this year uh, with a degree in English, cinema, and anthropology. I've been podcasting since early 2016, and I now have five podcasts. I co-host on three of them <laughs> oh, because I, I literally have no other life than podcasting now, <laughs> except for the fact that I also write books and also do uh, like public speaking and stuff. So I'm, I have about seven jobs. So I'm perpetually busy at something almost all the time. So you know, if you if you search my name, you'll probably find a lot. Uh, you know, like I said, five podcasts. I guess I'm guesting on at least a couple a week, and then I write a weekly column. I write blogs. I've I'm just about to put out my fourth book since I came out in November. God damn. And yeah, I I, I don't mess around. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, I just had my first uh, featured speaker event. In Allentown, Pennsylvania, and I got my next one coming up June 14th in uh, Flint, Michigan. So um, everything's kind of picking up at the same time. It's going pretty well. Everything's That's coming awesome. up roses, it sounds like. That's awesome. Except for Salt Lake City. Fuck that place. <laughs> <laughs> I was so sorry and disappointed to hear that you had a shitty experience here in town. Because, especially in Salt Lake City, which is like the more liberal and progressive section of our backward fuck town, or backward fucking state. Um, what, what happened, man? Well, first of all, uh, the, you know, we, we, me and my girlfriend were walking around town and we probably got shouted at or yelled at something no less than 20 times. Oh. But the one we, we actually appreciated a little bit because a couple of guys called us dykes and we're like, Hey, at least they got the gender right. You know? <laughs> so, I mean, there are far shittier things people could say to us than calling us dykes. We'll own that. But, you know. We were we were in town for Pride. Uh, the Utah Outcast invited us, and you know we we couldn't figure out where it was because the Pride website is shit. Mm. And yeah. we were just walking around town, and I swear, like every ten cars that went by said something. Everyone we walked by said something. You know, there was just no way we could escape it. And after a while, it was just exhausting. Someone picked us up. We went to Staples. The, the people there completely blew us off. I mean, it was just. Like, did everybody just, like, get a Trump cocktail and all of a sudden decide to wake up and be a total dick today? I don't get it. So we did not have a good time. Uh, even the hotel staff, uh, we, we called him for room service because after that, we, imagine, we didn't want to go anywhere. And, you know, we said, uh, hello, can I, can I take your order, sir? I'm not a sir. Okay, sir, what can I do? It's like, oh, <laughs> oh. come on. Yeah. Come on, I just fucking told you, man. Jesus. <laughs> Four times. It took four times for them to stop calling me sir. And I, and it's like, even if you don't know that my voice is, you know, whatever, 
I am responsible for tipping you. Like, you know, you probably (laughs) don't want to keep misgendering me if I'm paying your bill. Fucking pay attention, man. Yeah. Uh, (laughs) Well, yeah, I'm sorry to hear that. Were you walking around like Temple Square or where were you downtown? Uh, Good question. I've never been there, but uh, we we ended up a big Gothic looking building. Yeah, like no, I, like we I didn't can, go to the Mormon area. Okay. We went to uh, we walked to Liberty Park and back. So I mean, we were down that way. Okay, I was gonna say because I can imagine if you're walking around like Temple Square, where you know it's Mormon headquarters, that <laughs> you may you may receive some some shitty comments from assholes. But I oh what we, what we were gonna do was go and make out in front of Temple Square and see how long it took us to get kicked <laughs> out. But we we just didn't get that kind of fun this time. <laughs> hmm. Yeah, I, I, I know we we chatted a little bit back and forth while you were in town, and I was hoping to get out to meet you, but, you know, I've been sick and got a bunch of other shit going on, and then I know you had, you know, you were busy doing other things while you were here in town. Did you have any fun at all while you were here? Uh, hanging out with Felicia from Utah Outcast, and then, of course, uh, you know, their families and uh, Kyle and his family was all tremendous. Um I, I was recently diagnosed as autistic, so I'm kind of learning how to readjust to social situations and deal with the stress that comes with that and some of the more difficult um, social anxiety issues that I have to learn to deal with. Mm-hmm. So, you know, having my girlfriend there who just is a natural at picking up this, especially with me, was a big asset. And then uh, we were hanging out with Felicia and she just randomly said, so... Misty snows on break and she wants to meet you. You want to go up to Harmon's? And we're like, yeah, <laughs> we'll, we'll we'll do that. Awesome. Yeah, Misty's pretty fucking cool. Yeah, uh, she was very nice. Uh, we we had a nice chat with her. You know, didn't want to take up her entire break, but uh, it was it was really neat to go someplace like that after the experience we had, and then get to meet someone like Misty Snow who ran as a trans woman in yeah. utah and it's just like okay you are way braver than i will ever be you're awesome you know i'm just happy to be in your presence <laughs> oh man well she ran for public office but you do seven podcasts are working on a fourth book and do a uh, speaking ga- engagement so i mean obviously you're 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 no wimp in that area no, I'm just lazy, and I don't want to go out and like talk to people if I don't have to, or ask them for money. Unless you know they they're already coming to me when it's Patreon. So I mean, there's a little bit of an advantage there. Politicians got to like go talk to strangers and ask them for shit. I'm not up for that yet. Yeah, yeah. I guess there's that disconnect with you know when you're a politician, it is just a bunch of glad handing and talking mm-hmm. to people who you don't have any idea who they are, no connection with whatsoever. Hmm. Yeah. I, you know, I'm getting I'm very fortunate. I've been traveling all over the country the last few months, uh, you know, meeting fans, signing books, doing stuff like that. And despite the negative stories that I've had, like despite some of the negative encounters I've had, some of the hate mail I get, some of the death threats I get, like almost every day I will get a message of affirmation, even if it's not from another trans person. It might just be from someone who had never met a trans person or someone who had never considered something I said. And those letters or those people who contact me are worth a thousand bigots. I swear. Hmm. Um, there was a guy and at the Allentown speech and he started crying when he, when he asked his question during the Q and A. And I'm like, no, don't be sad. I'm okay. (laughs) Cause I, my, my whole purpose with those public speeches is to deliberately make you just a little bit uncomfortable. 
you know, I'm I'm not trying to like freak you out, but I'm going to say some things pretty direct that are if you know, if you're a straight cis person, probably going to just make you feel uncomfortable a little bit. But as uh both Dan Errol and Matthew O'Neill have said on an episode of my show that hasn't come out yet, when you're uncomfortable, that's when you should pay attention. That's when you should pay closer attention. So if 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 that's how it's working, I think it's going okay. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, if if something is making you uncomfortable, that should give you a clue as to as to why. I mean, that should give you a clue that you should pay attention and f- try to figure out why it's making you uncomfortable. Right. And uh, the the way I start out my public speeches is to read a poem I wrote called Ode to the Blocked. And it's written entirely out of terrible things people have said to me since coming out. Mm. So, I mean, it's it's very confrontational. It doesn't start out pretty. It's just, you know, like this several minute poem of me just saying anything from how do you ever expect to get a girlfriend when you act like this to uh, you're not really a woman because of X. So, I mean, it's it's not comfortable, but I hope it at least gets attention in the positive way. And, you know, a lot of people think they're trans allies. And they're really actually doing the opposite unintentionally. So it's my hope that by speaking out and being that assertive, that I can at least help steer the conversation in a more healthy direction for all of us. Mm-hmm. So, so we consider ourselves trans allies. Uh, what, what would that mean? Uh, how, how can we be better? Well, it's, it's more a matter of listening more than talking. Um, it starts there because there's, there's an awful lot of well-meaning straight cis allies or even just you know cis allies who want to tell us how we feel or how how want to tell us how we should react or want to tell us what our experience is and they don't mean to do that but they tend to project it uh there was there was someone recently on my facebook page which is where a lot of my arguments happen imagine that (laughs) and it was there was a meme that went around by some dipshit named andrew jackson and the fact that he's synonymous with a genocidal maniac notwithstanding Mm. uh you know his, his comment was basically if i ever found out my date was trans i would beat the shit out of her i'm glad trans people get murdered that should happen more often and my response was like hey I'm a six foot three former professional wrestler. Try doing that shit on me and see what happens. <laughs> and I was attacked by a whole bunch of people being like, well, you're just as bad. You're alienating allies by acting no, like this. How do you ever that, expect, yeah. well, you know, whatever. And it's like, okay, so you're saying when someone says like this, you scroll past it. When they're saying a group of people should literally die, you scroll past it because everyone's entitled to their opinion. But me going, hey, uh, could you not do that? that's where you draw the line that's where it's too much for you so it's often taking societal interactions and trying to put it in more than a singular context in more than just going like hey you're an equal person and i see you that way that's how it should be and it's like yeah it should be that way but let's not pretend it's the same thing it's like the person who wrote the the cisgender emo slur poem that was just like oh, you're called a queer and I'm called cis and that's a slur and that's the same thing. It's like, I'm pretty sure no one's passing laws to keep you out of the bathroom, okay? Yeah. <laughs> Let's not try to equalize those things just yet. <laughs> I've never even heard that used as a slur. The cis. Yeah. Cis, yeah. Well, I think you'd have to be a pretty fucking insecure person to <laughs> to have somebody call you a cis person and say, I'm offended by that. Yeah. 
Right. Like, you know, uh, when when trans people call cis people cis, like sometimes there's a little sarcasm in it. So like that's clearly the same as when when uh, cis people target us and try to get us killed. I can see how you would confuse the two. So, (laughs) you know, I'll I'll give them the benefit of the doubt on that one. Yeah, we in in the early days of our show, um, we we did a kind of a trans one on one episode with a friend of mine who was the. Uh, director for uh, uh, T of Utah, the yeah. transgender education advocates here in Utah. Mm-hmm. And I had spoken at a couple T-Door uh, events and then had her come on the show. And I I just, I can't imagine, I don't know, I guess, I guess going through the T-Door events and, you know, they're, they're just so moving and so packed with emotion and hearing the stories of the people that are attacked and murdered and I don't know, it, it does something to you. Mm-hmm. And and then to hear people say, well, yeah, I'm perfectly fine with that. That's, that's great. That's I, the, how can they call themselves human at that point? Because they don't see us as human, or at least they see us as less human. Um, you know, sometimes you'll hear the argument, Oh, well, transgender is a mental illness. Well, even if it was, that just shows you're an asshole for two reasons instead of one, because that you're, you're literally saying we should treat people with mental illnesses like shit, or that's yeah. a reason to kill them. Right. And it's like, oh, uh, you, you know, you have lupus. I'm going to beat the shit out of you for that. That would never work. Right. You know, it, it's like you're, you're just using a bunch of buzzwords to justify why you're being a shitty human being. And we're going to call you out on it because there are those of us in the trans podcasting community who have that kind of platform. And we'd rather call someone out on it and risk getting upset because at least if we get treated like shit, we can screenshot it and shame the hell out of people. You know, there's an awful lot of trans kids out there who don't have one person validating their identity, let alone hundreds or thousands like those of us who are fortunate enough to have a podcast with a with a pretty wide audience. People like me, uh, people like Callie Wright, uh, Ari Stillman, you know, Amy from Amy and Nadia from Ginger Snaps. Like there, there's not a lot of us, but those of us that are there, we, we will speak up so that the kid who is still wrestling with their identity or who might not be able to come out because they could lose their job or their parents or their home so that they don't have to, or at least they have to do it less. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, I think it's wonderful too, that as you said, you know, there, there aren't a whole lot of trans podcasters out there, but what I think is really encouraging is that when you look at the overall population and the percentage of the overall population that is trans, and then overlay that with the percentage of the population who has a podcast show and the right. population of uh, of trans podcasters there's a definite you know increase in the percentage of overall population versus trans population of podcasters within the podcasting realm and i think that's awesome that there are yeah sure there aren't i mean the, the numbers aren't great but the percentage versus the total population right Verse in those two things. Am I making sense? I'm still. No, I get it. <laughs> but I think it's great that there are so many trans podcasters out there that are getting out the word and educating people on what it's like to just live life as a trans person. And you would be surprised how many people in the atheist community are surprised by this or who kind of have their own shallow perceptions pulled out. Because I mean, of course, 
no community is exclusive from assholes. So, you know, there's always going to be the people oh, who, who, who buy into the transgender myths that we're mentally ill or that we don't exist or that we got our gender identities from Tumblr, all of which we hear at least once a week. Yeah. But there's there's also just the unintentionally ignorant or the uh, short-sighted who, like, being at ReasonCon, there were probably four of us trans podcasters, and we were all confused for each other. So, you know, <laughs> me. Okay, so I, like I said, I'm six foot three with purple hair, and I was wearing a corset. Callie Wright is not dressed like that and looks nothing like that. The only thing we have in common is that we have glasses, but even in the minds of people who are trying to be open-minded and rational, they're like, oh, that's the trans girl. It must be Callie, you know, or <laughs> it must be Marissa. Uh, Callie's fiance was confused for both of us at least four times. It's like, that's, that's kind of one of those things of, uh, there, there was a guy there named John Livingston, who was a person of color, and he had to put on his name tag, not Ishmael. <laughs> oh man! <laughs> I wished I was making that up, but the, the skeptic community has a long way to go as far as uh, diversity and inclusion because there there's still a lot of groups that they're not including as much as they should. And then anytime you bring it up, someone will bring up you know a Peter Bogosian article or something. Not that that was controversial recently for any reason whatsoever. Yeah, right. but yeah, you get my point. Yeah. Well, and I was, like I said, I was I was disappointed to hear that you had a shitty time here in Utah. I'm glad that you did have some amount of fun. You know, Kyle, Felicia, Chris, those guys are all great. You know, we've we've had them on the show, and vice versa. I, I like hanging out with them. They've they've got a they got a fun thing going on over there. But I was just really disappointed to hear that you had any shitty time at all, especially during Pride Weekend here in Utah. Well, if 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 the Trump election has taught me anything. It's that there's a lot of people out there who have been emboldened and empowered mm. by the justification of hatred mm-hmm. and of racism and of sexism and most of all of promoting ignorance being as valid as an opinion. You know, it's like if I go up to Neil deGrasse Tyson and tell him that I think that the world is shaped like pizza. I'm probably not going to get taken as seriously because I'm not an astrophysicist and I shouldn't. But there's so many people out there who are like, well, I passed eighth grade biology. I have the same right to an opinion as Bill Nye. And it's like, yeah, sort of, but not really like just be you can't call his show political just because he says things that you don't like and facts you ignore, you know, so there's. (laughs) <laughs> There's so many things of like, yeah, we have the same opinion or we have the same right to an opinion. It's like, yes, you have the right, same right to say them. You, have, you do not have the same right to be taken seriously. Mm. Yep. I was going to say, I, I know uh, recently in, in my workplace, I work for the government, the army specifically, and they're now having everybody has to go through uh, a class uh for, for the trans community because the army and the military is accepting trans people in now. And the biggest thing I hear everybody complain about is saying, well, all the trans people are going to join the army now just so they can get reassignment surgery. Ah, okay. Yeah. Uh, let's all of us trans people are really just waiting for the chance to get shot at yep. and go into a hierarchical, very well misogynist association. No offense to the army, but we true. know and we're really just going to do that so we can get gender reassignment yeah. surgery, which if we join the military, we're fucking entitled to like everyone else yeah. who joins the military. That's 
the, the whole well, healthcare included thing is not just a yeah. benefit that trans people decided was a thing. There are plenty and, of people who joined the military yeah, so for, that they could get healthcare for, or go to college. Don't exactly. don't start doxing that shit on us. And that's 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 what I start bringing up to them. I'm like, how many people do you know that joined the military just so they can get a free college education? I'm like, how many or, women do you know that got breast augmentations for free while they're in the military? Yeah, uh, you know, uh, that happens, but as other people sometimes call it socialism, you know, oh, oh they got free healthcare and free education. What do you call that? Socialism? Yeah. Oh, no, you're calling it the army. It's okay when you do it. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's part of our, it's part of our military, our great military, so then it's fine. Yeah. Yeah. Can I ask? I, I, I could never be in the military. And I'm so glad I'm not. <laughs> well, you did say you were, uh, uh, were you a professional wrestler or amateur wrestler? Both. Um, okay. I, I was an amateur wrestler in high school, and I was a professional wrestler uh, in my early 20s for a couple years, and that's why I've had so many concussions, and that's why half of my bones don't work the right way, but uh, <laughs> I have that experience, and most people think it's just the stuff you see on TV, but for every professional wrestler that you've heard about, like a John Cena or The Undertaker mm -hmm. or Stone Cold Steve Austin... There are thousands of wrestlers all around the country and the world who wrestle in bingo halls and high school gymnasiums in front of 50 people <laughs> and get the shit beaten out of them for 20 bucks. And uh, anybody who's ever said that sh that stuff is fake uh, has never actually taken a fall in a, inside a professional wrestling rig because it hurts when you do it right. It just hurts less. Oh, yeah. But, well, but that was going to be the interesting be thing is to me. I was shit. Like I was terrible, but I tried really hard. <laughs> and now that I've come out and have like, you know, this marketable personality, I guess you could put it. I've gotten more offers to come to wrestling companies now than I did when I was an actual wrestler. So something's going right, I guess. <laughs> well, that was going to be part. That was going to be a question that I asked was when you say professional wrestler. Are you talking like Greco Roman or like WWE type stuff? But it sounds like it was WWE type stuff. Sure was, uh, you know, uh, the, the, the ring ropes, the, the choreographed fights and all that good stuff. Although in my experience, half of them are not choreographed because there's a whole lot of, you know, uh, male eagles who like to prove how tough they are by beating the shit out of rookies or smaller people. And that happens a lot more than you think. Oh, yeah. Well, I mean, uh, so it's my understanding that a lot of that has like a basic storyboard, right? Where you say well, we're going to do this and this, and ultimately I'm going to win because it goes into this narrative and we're building this story arc and whatever. But like you said, you really get fucking hit with chairs. You really mm -hmm. get thrown around a goddamn ring. You really get bloodied up. I mean, so it's not it's not fake, fake, like movie fake, but it's just not, I don't know, it's not genuine in that the, you're both necessarily trying to win each bout. I mean, it, it is, there is some choreography, some background, uh, story arc or narrative that goes into it but the pain inflicted is is pretty fucking real oh yeah and it's not just that like there there's this whole hierarchy thing like you know if you're a rookie or you're a young kid and somebody thinks you're weak they will legit beat the shit out of you not like you know wrestling wise like they will actually hit you and they will actually you know do it the wrong way and there's an <laughs> awful lot of that it happened to me a couple times where i was in the ring and because i was a rookie and literally nothing else all of a sudden i'm actually getting punched i'm actually getting dropped on my head there's someone actually dropping their full weight on me like it's hmm. it's terrifying how unregulated that business is and nobody knows about it because the tv <laughs> stuff isn't like that so naturally the rest doesn't exist and uh -huh. i wrote 
you know, I wrote my stories. I wrote them in written form, you know, in columns and stuff. And that's how I got a job writing for LordsOfPain.net because I was able to take that experience that I had as a professional wrestler and sort of apply it to what I was seeing on TV where, you know, most columnists in that business are like, yeah, I'm a fan. I'd love to be a wrestler, but I never got the chance. I get to go, yeah, I I was in there and I know some of those people. So, like, here's a different look at it. Hmm. Hmm. Well, I know you had a question you were hanging on to there. Yeah, I was... Do do you mind if I ask a pedestrian question that, you know, at the risk of sounding ignorant? Because I am, but it's all right. Uh, As as I always say, we can usually tell the difference between someone who's genuinely curious and someone who's actually trying to attack us. So go ahead. I I just I think it's probably a question you you get a lot. I'm sure you you must, but uh, (laughs) odds are good. Yeah, but I think that it's probably something people wonder about often, and I I am too. So I'm just. Uh, I'm just curious when you're starting to go through puberty, I guess, um, and you're realizing uh, your gender identity. Wh- I mean, because I, I can remember puberty sucks for, you know, <laughs> just being a variety a, of reasons. Yeah, for a variety of reasons, of course. But what does that f- what does that feel like to to com- kind of come to grips with a gender identity that you sort of know society has a difficult time with well i don't think there's anything ignorant about that question at all because that's not something that's brought up in a lot of these narratives um for for adult trans people like myself who you know started going through a transition in in adulthood as opposed to when we were growing up Mm. we get what we call second puberty so Mm. you know there's this period when when we get on hormones when we start our transition where we're we're both taking in the hormone that we're supposed to have and we're holding we take a a pill that holds back the other one. So, you know, for me, like uh I'm a trans woman, so I'm on estrogen and I take something called spironolactone, which uh holds back testosterone. Hmm. So your body's going through this physical and emotional transition because you're correcting something and it's it's like being a teenager all over again. You gotta you gotta relearn yourself. You gotta relearn to manage your emotions, and your body's changing. Obviously, I have B cups now, and I've been on hormones less than a year. Like that's a big mm. change. Mm-hmm. But for for those of us who grew up in times or places where we didn't have access to that information, like if if I had known that transgender was a thing when I was a kid, I probably would have transitioned twenty years ago. Right, but. You know, we we knew that there were gay people and drag queens, and that was all that we were, you yeah. know, privy to. Yeah. So for a very long time, I considered myself a drag queen because I didn't know there was anything else. And it was until mm. I met other trans people and other people in the community who were like, "Drag queens are kind of just characters. Like this sounds more like you." And they pointed me in the right direction, and fortunately, they did because I am where I am now. Hmm. That's a really interesting point that I hadn't really considered before. Is that you're right? I mean, well, you're a considerately bit you're you're considerably younger than I am. I'm I'm 43. You you said you're 40, you're 31. Correct. But I mean I can remember when I was growing up that yeah, there were just 
there were drag queens and cross-dressers. Nobody, you know, I, I hadn't really heard of trans people. And then the Lord killed Sodom and Gomorrah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, um, any trans woman would know a uh, Spyro makes you crave salt, so that there's a comparison there to be made. <laughs> we licked down Sodom and Gomorrah after it happened, and now we, you, can't, you can't satiate our cravings for the salt lust. The trans people are ruining everything. Wait, you, you licked down Sodom and Gomorrah before and after right well of course yeah. i mean we're horse too you gotta know that <laughs> right <laughs> but no that that's a really interesting point because you know you hear a lot of people these days now you know a lot of the uh cishet people who are just new to the whole trans thing and are probably the type of people who were screaming shit at you while you were here in utah but <laughs> but who say things like well this is all just a trend it's all this new thing you know this is just a it's just a fad that people are just latching on to now. And like you said, I mean, had you known that this was a thing when you were younger, you would have gone through it a lot sooner. And I'm sure there are a lot of people out there that would do that. It's not that trans people didn't exist. It's mm. that they didn't even know that that was an option for mm. a lot for a lot of people, right? Oh, absolutely. I mean, you you the first first of all, the the territory, the colony of New York, New Jersey, the first colonial governor of that territory was a trans person. Like, you know, look at any, a lot of the Native American societies, they had trans people. We didn't just pop out of the ground when Tumblr became a thing. It's just, <laughs> it's, it's ignorant and short-sighted to think that we just all of a sudden decided to go through incredibly painful, incredibly invasive, really expensive therapy <laughs> and body transition because it's a fad. Like, hmm. <laughs> if, you know, like I said, if I could have done this 20 years ago, I would, but also it's, it's a pain in the ass like you know we we make the decision if we're gonna walk down the street in a place like i don't know salt lake city utah it's like if we dress as who we are we take a risk of not only getting stuff shouted at us but it could get an awful lot worse mm -hmm. and chances are if they attack us you know nobody's gonna like defend us and if we attack back they'll say oh look at these trans people they're just as violent as everybody else they deserve it because that's the way we are in this country sometimes is when someone stands up for themselves, we blame them. Mm. Yeah, that's that's horseshit. Terrible. I'm sorry that you have to go through that. I mean, yeah, yeah. I'm sure you hear that a lot. But it, yeah, not it just, enough. I, <laughs> I, I know that sounds like self-appeasing, but we do not hear that enough. We are usually told why it's our fault. Uh, yeah, I'm I'm sorry that that's just. I don't know. Like I say, go on, go on and I, I would encourage people if you haven't attended a trans day of remembrance and it's available and the, and they're actually welcoming people in to come to the service or to the event, go to one. I mean, it's, it's a life changing event. It, it certainly was for me. I can't mm -hmm. imagine people going to one and not being deeply affected by it. It's, it's just a matter of closing your mouth and open listening to people. And that's the same with any marginalized community. You know, mm -hmm. I'm, I'm a white trans person. I'm not about to go in and tell a black trans person how they should feel because that's a totally different situation there. So there are areas of privilege where even people who are in marginalized communities in one place can learn something from what they hope to get from their allies. So, you know, it, we, we get to play those different roles in society all the time. So the best we can do is try to learn from each other and listen to people's experiences rather than telling them why they're wrong or why it is not so. Yeah. 
Yeah, that's absolutely true. I I feel like I'm cutting this short, and, and we kind of are because we had some issues getting in contact with each other, but we're out of time for tonight's show. I absolutely want to have you back on the show again here in the near future so yeah, we can it's been have a, pleasure. a much longer conversation with you. I have a lot more to learn, too, so... Well, need to uh, feel back. free to hit me up anytime. I'm always glad to come on, and this is pretty much my full-time job now, so I'm always willing to come on with you guys, and I really appreciate you having me on. Fantastic. Yeah, yeah I, I absolutely want to get you on the show again in the future. Um, if people want to get in contact with you, what's the best way that they can do that? Uh, Facebook. Uh, I have both a personal page and a professional page. Uh, it's Marissa Alexa McCool. I have a website, riskmccool.com. Uh, and you can uh, email me if you're interested in buying any of my books, or you can find them on Amazon under the same name. Uh, I'm on the Inciting Incident podcast, a podcast called The Sister Getting Out of Hand, which is a trans-specific <laughs> podcast. Uh, my husband just started one called FTM that is for trans men specifically. And I co-host Doubting Dogma and Full Frontal Nerdity Deluxe. So, I mean, I'm all over the place. If you look up Marissa McCool, you're going to find me. So I'm not hard to find. Uh, okay, awesome. Uh, it's been a delight to have you here, and we will definitely have you back here in the near future. Well, I really appreciate it. I appreciate you having me on, and this was a good time. So uh, hit me up anytime. I'm always open. I'm always available. Anything you guys need, I'm more than happy to help. Fantastic. Awesome. Great. Well, thank you very much. Anytime. We'll see you soon, I hope. Okay, right. definitely. Bye-bye. All right. Good night. Hi, this is Justin Schieber, formerly of the Reasonable Doubts podcast and currently of Real A Theology, and you are listening to The Godless Revolution. If you have questions, comments, concerns, compliments, corrections, criticisms, or concepts for content, contact the show via email at godlessrevolution at gmail.com, by text or voicemail at 330-81-REBEL, or Twitter the twatter at TGR Podcast. Thank you! She's a whole lot of fun. Yeah, yeah that was awesome. I yeah I'm I'm sorry that we didn't get to talk to her for a longer period of time because we tried getting together. Well, first she's she's awesome because I initially had her scheduled to come on the show next week. Yeah, and then discovered that oh no I have to travel to California next week so I need to reschedule and asked her when you know would be good to come on. She's like oh yeah I guess I could you know do next week. Which is right at the end of her move. I'm sure they're still unpacking all kinds yeah. of shit. And she said she was trying to get her studio set up and everything. So thank you so much for coming on the show and, and being so flexible in the dates and and trying to mm -hmm. work with us and get things going and Skype being a pain in the ass. and mm -hmm. Fucking Comcast. But that was, <laughs> she's, she's a ton of fun, man. Yeah. I, I absolutely do want to have her on the show. Definitely. Again and. Have a more in-depth conversation. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, I'd, I'd like to do like a whole show with her on mm -hmm. trans issues and mm -hmm. just what she's doing. Because, I mean, she's fucking busy. She's a shaker and a mover. <laughs> a shaker and a mover? Doing a lot of things. <laughs> Not a mover and a shaker, but a shaker and a mover? I, I, I'm dyslexic sometimes. We know she's that. <laughs> <laughs> Tis true. <laughs> well, it's been great having you in the studio again with us tonight, Matt. You. Thanks, man. Sorry it's about demoting you, but it had to be done. <laughs> I, you can't demote me anymore. Uh, we'll have to see it's a over. classic you can't fire me I quit move <laughs> <laughs> we'll have to see what they have to say about it I don't give a fuck <laughs> I don't give a fuck what they it's have only, to it's say it's only you uh, that cares about that's that that's the whole point man uh, well, I don't give a fuck what they have we'll, to say we'll see we'll see <laughs> <laughs> we'll, see, we'll see if he cares what they have yeah, to say yeah I don't know yeah, yeah it's you know it's 
<laughs> yeah. You just have no idea what those Brits can do to you. That's all I've got for this evening. You guys got anything else? Mm. No, I'm tired. Yeah. Oh, well, we'll see about that. <laughs> we'll see if you're tired later. I can I can sleep right now if you want me to. <laughs> all right. Well, until two weeks from today, crucify that like button. Leave a review to achieve nirvana. And remember to rate the show five times a day toward Mecca.
doesn't kill you only it makes you stronger that's horseshit <laughs> dude i haven't even been here for a month what fucking that's why you got demoted you? we've got maybe a half hour left I, I i'd like to have you on for a longer period of time in the show sometime um sure we can do a follow-up uh, you know a non-internet uh, setup day <laughs> yeah right <laughs> all right cool Hanging I don't on think like, we have any hang-ons. I don't, uh, uh, hanging on like a good turd. Hanging on like a good turd. Sounds like a country song. <laughs> hanging on you like a turd. <laughs> hanging on like a good turd. Rounding third and going home. That's what. Oh, <laughs> that goes back to rodeos, right? Hanging yeah. on like a good turd. <laughs> nice. <laughs>